we got a listing coming up um, just in in uh, Burlington, your neck of the woods. I think I stole it from one of your clients. I think you were going to get the listing, but I got it. Um, <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. Welcome to our Thanksgiving edition here of po our podcast, Rambling Realtors. How are you keeping? I'm keeping well. We had a good um, we had a good show last time uh, with our guest Bonnie. She was uh, she was a dream. Uh, great information. Thanks for uh, for making that introduction. Um, I took a lot away from that, and and I know that there's uh, so much more. I know that you had you had already suggested on the show that we uh, bring her back soon, and and I'm in complete agreement. So, um, yeah, no, it's um, I'm doing well. I uh, got some plans for the weekend. I think uh, you probably do too. Everybody's got plans for for Thanksgiving. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. No, this time of year, I'm reminded it's uh, a time to think of like what we have, not what we don't have. And uh, before we before we started the show, you were telling me uh, a little like, could you recap a little bit about your son and his uh, his his successes on the cart series? I think that's pretty cool. And I think uh, and then we can talk about all that other rambling stuff we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, this isn't rambling. I don't know what is. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know I was uh, sharing with you that, um, you know, for those of you that, that know me, um, my son, one of my son's races go-karts uh on a uh, he's very competitive on a, on a very competitive scale so we kind of started uh just at a small local club um then we from there we moved on to a bigger club and then we started competing into um um uh, we started competing on uh, you know on a provincial stage and our next one is inner is international we're heading down to vegas on uh on uh, november well we're actually flying out on the on october 31st but heading down for for the week of no first uh, of november and um it's a yeah big race in in las vegas so really kind of trying to you know up the bar there and i think that it, whenever someone you know is is showing uh you know progress and potential that you need to continually uh give them a, a new and additional challenges and and he he faces those challenges like perfectly you know um uh, my son's name is matthew so matthew uh uh he is uh he's very very coachable which is uh, i think the number one you know one of the number one reasons for his success um so he's uh yeah heading down heading down there he's done really well um he won you know when he first got into karting he won his um uh, he won his, uh, uh, the rookie of the year. Then the next year he won his, uh, his cadet championship. Uh, last year he was first in, in, uh, started Briggs this year. He's starting in, uh, in mini rock and, uh, yeah, you know what I said? You know, he's, uh, he's doing really well. He won, uh, won, uh, three of the, uh, sorry, won two of the eight races for the, uh, Ron fellows, uh, series, uh, the Ron fellows, uh, uh, karting championship. Uh, he almost won a third one. Um, made one crucial mistake, but, uh, came second in another one. So he's done really, really, really well. Um, and so we're just, you know, up in the ante a little bit, uh, pushing the, uh, uh, pushing, 
pushing the envelope as far as competition goes and getting them down in front of some of the best drivers in North America. And, and so, you know, from the ones on the one hand, you know, he does really well and he become he comes first, second, um, when he heads down there, I'm kind of, I'm hoping for top 20, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I'm realistic with my expectations, but I think that, you know, he needs that experience uh, in order to be able to, uh, to progress. Right. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. We've got a couple races, one in, one in November, one in December, and that'll be, uh, that'll be super fun. Uh, he's competing in, in mini rock, which is a two stroke engine. And uh, he just turned 11. Um, he's got a later birthday. He just turned 11. So this is a, you know, 10 slash 11 year old kid going 97 kilometers an hour is the fastest he's gone so far. And we'll see how big these tracks down in the States are where he might be able to push it even a little bit further. We'll see. That's amazing. That's amazing. So maybe the next uh, Jacques Villeneuve or Paul Tracy we might have on our hands. Hopefully he can uh, take it to some uh, Americans and other international racers out there. Yeah, uh, nothing against Paul Tracy, but I'm leaning towards uh, Villeneuve a little bit more so we can get on to the Formula One uh, stage. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know what? He's got he's got a ton of raw potential, and as long as he can keep uh, keep his headspace in the right place, and and I mean like you know to be able to stay focused and to to stay coachable and always wanting to learn. Uh, heaven forbid he gets any of my stubbornness and shuts down and says, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. I already know. <laughs> uh, but if he can stay coachable, um, yeah, yeah, he's got a, he's got a ton of potential. I mean, I might be a little biased, but, uh, other people have, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that information and sharing that information based on what others have told me. Right. I'm still new to this world. So, uh, yeah, we're all really excited and really proud of him. And sorry, what's your son's first name? Matthew. Matthew. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing updates on the regular for uh, for how he's kind of uh, going along as the races kind of continue. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of things kind of uh, we, we talked about before in terms of like technology, using it for good, not for evil. Right. And uh, with um, with everything that we kind of uh, talked about with Bonnie last week, there's something that I kind of wanted to share um, kind of with this being the Thanksgiving edition of the Rambler Realtors. I mean, the reason we're doing this podcast is to give back to our clients, our community, and uh, and staying on topic with health. Uh, like you said, we had the amazing Bonnie Flemington on last week. I was re re recently watching a documentary um, by Dr. Sanjay Gupta, uh, One Nation Under Stress, uh, talking about America. But I mean, we can all relate that the constant uh, reminder that, you know, we all have this constant stress in our in our lives and just helping deal uh, with that you know so that we can all be in our most peak state um, i personally I've, I've battled some uh, some issues with it over the years and um, i just wanted to be uh, kind of remind ourselves when i was watching this uh, you know being surrounded by surrounding yourself with uh, with community with support with care so that you're not only um, you know people that are going to be supporting you through the good times and the bad times um, you know, obviously, um, you know, if anyone out there is ever looking for any additional support, whether it's uh, looking for tradespeople, looking for support on things for that they need for their home, please don't uh, hesitate to reach out to Andrew's time or, or mine. We're only an email call or, or text away. Um, I also wanted, there's a, a coach of mine 
uh, Dan Go. Uh, he's a fitness coach. I would uh, arguably call him the most interesting ninja on the face of the earth. And he's, I'd love to get him on as a guest speaker on our show. Very, very talented man. Um, you can check out his website at highperformancefounder.com. Um, Dan has been a real inspiration for me over the last few years. And he re recently uh, recommended a book to me that I want to share with everybody. I'm going to show this to you, Andrew. This would be great for your son, for yourself, yeah. Yeah. for everybody. Um, Heart, Breathe, Mind by Leo Lagos. It's basically helping um, conquer stress, um, building resistance so that we can all perform at our, our best peak state. And, and why I'm kind of going to this is sometimes uh, whether you're having high blood pressure or you're having um, too much stress, right? The constant stress is, is the killer. Um, and I want to talk more about this. Uh, you know, this is something that we can kind of share, but there's going to be a lot of people out there that hopefully uh, we can help. And whether it's through meditation and things that I'm going to talk about a little bit more on the show. But um, I think with everything that we're going on with giving back, uh, bringing Bonnie on, uh, living in our, our best mental state um, is something that I think is going to allow us all to perform. And we look at uh, Matthew in the future. This is going to be something that's going to take his game to the next level as well too yeah 100 um you know obviously I, i'm i'm hoping for the for the best for him but you know what there's there's the odds are stacked so heavily against him right I mean, he wants to go to f1 uh of the you know approaching uh, eight billion people in the world there's only 20 drivers right um you have a far better chance of making the nhl um you know where you where every team has I don't know, like 40 people on their roster kind of thing. You get your farm team, you get called up from time to time. Right. And there's what, 30 something teams, you know um, there's only 20 drivers in the entire world. Uh, so, you know, that, that being said is in the very li high likelihood that he doesn't get as far as he wants to go, there's still lessons to be learned and there's still experiences to be gained. And, and uh, you know, ways of applying everything that he learned to to life to business to to relationships mm -hmm. uh all that stuff right because like you said you know uh stress is everywhere um you know and it's it's you know i've i've listened to some podcasts on on on, on stress and, and all that kind of stuff i shared kind of my backstory a little bit on our uh, last episode about how i was dealing with anxiety and all that kind of stuff um so I, I, I dug into that, um, to that topic, you know, fairly deeply and, uh, you know, stress is here, you know, for a, for a reason and there's good stress and there's bad stress. Right. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know if it says, you know, kind of like, you know, black and white is good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, so to speak, but it's, you know, stress is here for a reason and it does help us grow. And of course, just like anything, um, you know, in moderation, right? So stress is here and it helps us kind of deal with stuff. It helps us cope with things. Um, and it helps us identify good situations, bad situations, et cetera. Uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of arguments to be made that, you know, stress is good for us. Um, and, uh, and it helps us grow. It helps us get outside of our comfort zone and, uh, you know, you know, dealing and being able to cope and deal with stress, et cetera. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, kind of going, you know, here I am rambling off here, but, um, 
Uh, but I, but I agree. Right. I mean, you know, and, you know, stress can, can be coming from multiple different directions. And, and like I talked about kind of like my caffeine addiction, maybe it's not stress. That's, that's um, uh, natural stress. Let's just call it, maybe it's not natural stress. Maybe it's artificial stress that you're just kind of like pumping into yourself uh, unnecessarily and, and you're not aware of it. Right. But totally. at the end of the day, we want to be happy and healthy and uh, not under too much stress. Uh, to make us, you know, just to at the end of our lives, look back and say, well, that was a really enjoyable experience rather than, you know, every, every day was a struggle, right? Yeah, totally. Like you do the most growing when you're in the least comfortable situation, like putting yourself out there. Uh, but then like what I'm learning through this book is also a chance for um, really there's, there's trackers and we can use uh, technology like tracking our, uh, our hearts per minute Um you know, basically heart rate variability, and then biofeedback to understand more about our health uh, and mental well-being. You know, um, you've probably all heard that me say like health is wealth and wealth is health. But one of the expressions that I say to my clients over the years is, uh, you know, when you have to make tough decisions is listen to your head, your heart and your gut, understanding more now than ever the relationship between all three, um, you know, uh, especially like, you know, what you're eating, but your, your overall health is directly related to your, your mental well-being. Um, something that I've worked on over the last couple of years, and it's something like just anything, it's got to be regular practices is meditation. And uh, recently, like even just through um, heart, breath, mind um, is deep belly breathing techniques to help restore the body in a short period of time. So it's just, um, and if anybody out there is looking to be led in practice for meditation, uh, my dear friend, Kelly Carpenter, uh, she can assist you um, doing another little plug for her. If you check out the website, the other side of average.com, uh, it's a great way for us. We have all these leaders in our community. Uh, Dan Go is, is uh, he's from um, the new market area. Uh, you know, he's just, he was spending uh, Christmas with his, uh, his new new baby, or sorry, the winter with his, his new uh, baby and his wife in Costa Rica, and running his business like living uh, living the dream, right? Uh, the four hour work week, like running his life and running a successful business while inspiring everyone all over the world. Um, and somebody that I, I definitely would love to connect you with too, Andrew, uh, as we and your son, obviously um, Matthew as well too, because as we we want to get into that peak state, so that I want to be my best self. I've, I've battled some, some health issues, uh, as I've talked about before and, uh, you know, anxiety, stress, uh, dizziness, these things can all affect us, um, and hit us in waves. Uh, I kind of got knocked down yesterday by one. Um, and if, and if we're not vulnerable and if we can't share this, uh, and have a platform, like this is a gift that you and I have given to each other and, uh, it's bigger than us, right? If we can allow ourselves to share our voice and a word that's going to help even if it just helps one person out there i know that sounds a little bit uh, trite in the sense of just helping one but maybe it helps um maybe it helps a whole tribe a whole community and we can grow stronger uh, better faster um evolve right evolution you think about stress and how it's all evolved um you know i think a big part of it is our evolution and, and how we deal with it so we're thriving I did a sermon at my church uh, several years ago, and uh, this was recently after I was diagnosed with my leukemia. And uh, the, the title of it uh, was uh, 
from stress to busy to thriving, right? Coming from a state where, okay, well, busy is healthier than stress, right? But how do we come to that peak performance where we're thriving? We're there to, to be at our best. And it, it takes time. And when we're run down and we're running all over the place and we're not eating well and we're not exercising, we're not going to be at our, our peak performance. So having that, having that balance is, uh, is one of the messages I wanted to share for our uh, Thanksgiving edition to give, give a little something back as, as we do, as we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was, while you're talking, uh, I mean, all great, all great stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, for those of the listeners that are following us and they're, you know, I don't know, maybe they're, they're expecting, you know, nonstop real estate. Uh, and it seems to be more, we seem to be talking more about health, uh, than we dot than we are talking about real estate. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the real estate market is, uh, is one thing, but we're all realtors and, and we're all, you know, whether we're buying or we're selling, uh, at the end of the day, we're human beings. Um, you know, we're, we have, you know, Ross and I are, you know, full-time professional real estate agents, uh, each of you listeners, you know, you're, you're in a full-time professional career. Um, and the one commonality that we can have around all industries is, is, you know, uh, performance uh, in 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 our each of each of our fields, right? And so for Ross and I, you know, we can only do we can only be our best uh, for each of our clients when we are our best for ourselves uh, and our for our families. And if we're, you know, if we're sick or miserable or you know just unhappy, whatever, uh, that will reflect on our business and our clients. Uh, and so that's why there seems to be a big a big kind of like focus and and uh, a focus for us. Uh, for Ross and I, and for a lot of professional uh, realtors or a lot of, you know, professionals um, is that, you know, they want to keep their head in the right place. They want to keep their, their bodies in the right place, um, you know, so that they can continue to perform, uh, continue to perform in their career, whether they're, you know, from an athletic perspective or from a professional perspective where they're offering a service, um, you know, we've, we've touched on this from time to time that, you know, we're problem solvers. Um, you know, we, we, we offer services, but the services are ultimately there, uh, to, to solve, to solve a problem, to, uh, to, you know, to, to make things easier, uh, you know, to put it, put an advantage on to, onto someone, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, how do you stand out? How do you differentiate? How do you make something easier? How do you make, how do you make the whole process a lot more smooth, right? All that stuff. And that's that, that those ideas come when we're operating at our best, right? When we're happy at home, when we're, when we're, you know, our, our bodies are healthy, when our minds are nice and clear and crisp and, and you, and the creative juices are flowing, right? Um, there's some people that, you know, they, you, well, you hear the burnout, right? I mean, that's, that's huge in our industry and in, in any type of sales or uh, sales industry where it's kind of, it, there's this feast or famine type of mentality, right? And people just try to go, 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 go. And in my, earlier in my career, you know, you, it's, it's, you see on social media or, or like these, you know, these big gurus and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they stay up till like, you know, four in the morning and then they go to sleep and then they wake up at six and they're back at it again. Like that's not healthy. 
right? And okay, that might work and they might be really driven, but that does not last long. It doesn't. And, you know, they might think it does and it might last five, six, seven, eight years, but they burn out, right? I mean, heck, even, even Elon Musk, right? The, the, this dude like gets everything done and like him or hate him. You, you can't, you can't, you know, argue with the fact that the guy isn't productive, right? Uh, how many companies has he started and are operating are still growing and are successful on whatever, you know, measurement you want to measure success on. And the dude still gets minimum six hours sleep a night. And, you know, whether that's a lot or a little, I was listening to a, to a, a very short clip of a Joe Rogan podcast and he, Joe was blown away, surprised that he, that he still got minimum six hours sleep. Right. Because the Elon had said to, he had said, I've tried less, but my productivity goes down substantially. Right. So anyways, I, I digress the whole, you know, I, I wanted to touch on that because I was, I was reflecting back and a lot of our shows uh, ultimately touch on, on health. Right. But I just wanted to maybe share you know, why we, we kind of, there seems to be a big emphasis, uh, emphasis on that when it's supposed to be rambling realtors. And here we are talking about health all the time. Um, we will, we, we obviously talk about, about real estate <laughs> as well, but uh, you know, uh, for us, we want to share the things, the issues and the problems that we have had personally that uh, have overcome. So like, like Ross said, maybe we can help one, one listener. And I promise at some point we will touch on, uh, on real estate uh, for those of you that are listening uh, but the reality is, is uh, real estate, there is a lot of human element involved. There is a lot of understanding and empathy and patience that goes on. Uh, and uh, where I'm thinking right now is for the next generation. Uh, they're dealing with so much social stress, uh, media, that we never had to deal with as kids, right? And uh, one thing I know more now than ever, uh, <laughs> I used to like, I'd never liked routine, never liked routine. I always kind of like to kind of, uh, you know, just just roll with what, what my day was going to look like. And I know more now, like from circadian rhythm, uh, for any of you out there, Google that because that in, in a long term will help you. It's the consistency. If it's having that routine that is going to help you have the best quality of life. And you might not buy into it um, now, but just remember that you heard it here first on the Rambling Realtors that... Uh, Having that consistency, that routine, that circadian rhythm, it's well. Touch touch on that for those that don't know what the circadian rhythm is. Get into that a little bit deeper. So it's basically um, going to sleep at the same time every day. Thank you for bringing that up. It's uh, the consistency of eating every day, having a bit of a routine, so that your your body and your your mind uh, has an expectation for for what the day is going to be uh, looking like, right? So if you're going to bed one night at 9.30 and the next night at 12 and you're eating one day at 9 a.m. and the next day you're not having a meal till one or two, your body's confused. It's in a condition of stress. Uh, so your body will eventually follow more of more of a routine um, where just like the tide and the moon and the waves, like, you know, like going to bed uh, as at sunset. Some people will go to bed as 8.30, 9.30. Others a little bit like, 10, 10, 30, 11, 11, 30, but that consistency and then allowing your body to have the most time to, to recoup. Uh, somebody like uh, Elon Musk, I'm sure he is on one heck of a routine. He probably gets a lot more done than most, most countries, right? 
So uh, to have that consistency and to allow yourself to perform at that peak uh, state, uh, it all starts with a routine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am also not one for routine in the slightest, to be honest with you. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think I like, I kind of like naturally kind of like buck that trend. Like I just, I cannot, for some reason, kind of the only routine I have, and I shared with you this, uh, when we first started this podcast is one day when I was like 41 years old, no, I'm 41 now, uh, 40 <laughs> years old. Sorry. My wife's 42. Um, is that uh, one day I woke up and I just started making my bed and I make, I've made my bed every day since that. See, like the only routine, <laughs> that and brushing my teeth in the morning and, the, and, and before bed. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, I, I, I struggle with routine as well. Uh, I get bored with it, but, um, but you're right. I mean, like that, I do find myself, I get, I get into a, um, a quasi routine, right? So I'll do something for a month or two or whatever. And then I will ultimately kind of like fall out of the routine a little bit, but like going to bed at the same time, the circadian rhythm is what you were getting at originally. And it helps your body uh, naturally go through that cycle rather than you feeling like you have to force it. Like how many times have you and I gone to bed? Uh, you're tired kind of, but you're like, you know, you lie there, eyes wide open or eyes closed, and they feel like they, they just want to open. You're like, okay, I'm not tired, right? When I do get into that rhythm, that routine, like if it's like a, you know, nine or, or, or t go to bed at 10, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then I'm waking up at like, you know, I don't know, whether it's six or seven, whatever the case may be, if I get into that, that routine, uh, I naturally fall asleep right away at 10 and I just naturally wake up and it's not the alarm going off and you're like, dragging yourself out of bed. And you're like, I'm gonna, five minutes longer, five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes. Right. And, it, and then you start your day off and you're like, well, okay, I need a pot of coffee to get up, run, get up and go. And, you know, it just, you get your, you get your whole day off on, on the wrong foot. Right. So that all helps. And the same thing with like exercise, um, yeah. uh, eating the right way. You know, if you're always the, you know, if you do have that routine, your body will naturally, again, I, I, I talked about, uh, again, I think it was offline here a little bit. I was talking about, you know, my Apple watch and, and how it sends my notifications. One of the notifications is drink water because I'm not drinking enough water. Right. And you're supposed to drink a certain amount, but when your body gets used to uh, the same thing all the time, if you're always giving it the proper nutrients and you're always giving it the right amount of water, it will function properly. When you starve it of certain things, it gets into its own stresses and it reacts in a specific way. And sometimes that's, you know, as fatigue. And actually we should have brought this up with Bonnie because she she might correct me on some of this, or at least, uh, um, you know, I, I, uh, agree with me or, or uh, validate what I'm saying. But you know, uh, maybe that's gaining weight or maybe that's being sluggish or maybe that's that's not being able to keep weight on. Like your body will react in certain ways de de depending on what you give it, right? Yeah. Crap in, crap out. Um, so again, like, you know what I'm saying? If you get that, that routine of, you know, going to bed on the right times, getting the proper amount of sleep, drinking the right amount of water, eating the right types of foods and at the right times, I haven't even gotten into, and I just kind of like, played with it just a little bit but but the um uh oh shoot i'm drawing a blank on the, what the word is when you starve yourself uh, uh fasting fasting yeah 
right? Intermittent, intermittent fasting and stuff like that, right? When you put your body into these, 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 these stresses, it will react in a certain way. And, and, and it ultimately long-term is really good for you. Yeah. Your metabolic rate and everything that you just described there. And I mean, and you talked about it too. And in this book, they talk a lot about fight or flight, right? The fight or flight response when we're in that constant state of stress, then our bodies, uh, some people will hold weight. Other people will will lose weight. So it's just being in that peak performance so that you are more empathetic, you are more compassionate, you're more understanding you, uh, you can basically take in a lot more information and be your best self so that you are performing at the, that highest rate and, and giving, uh, giving people your, your clients, your family, your friends, uh, that best version of you, right? Absolutely, 100%. So um, did we want to talk about real estate at all? What do you, what do, you do you want to keep talking about uh, health and wellness? Oh, no, no, I think, I think I, that's kind of where we should go right now, our, our profession. That's why we started the show was to talk a little bit about real estate or a lot about real estate and a little bit else about these other things, but we got to change it up, right? Well, okay. yes, we, uh, I think, I think we, I think the, the name of the show should just all of a sudden set the precedent that we're probably going to do a lot of off topic talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we've entered the fall market. Okay. And I think we've seen the dust settle a little bit uh, with the elections. Um, the markets, I, I feel that not much really had changed. Uh, they're still healthy, uh, definitely seeing less activity than we did a couple months ago. But I think this is an ideal time for first time buyers, people moving up in the market, um, people wanting to make something happen. Uh, really, only about another six to eight weeks of good market before scarcity at the end of the year. Um, and I actually, Andrew, I'm curious to see, I know this is early and our crystal balls might be a little bit broken, but what do you think, this is October 7th right now, what do you think, okay, we might have some government announcements, we could have a little wag the dog with some media, but where do you see our markets going in early 2022? Putting you on the spot here. But yeah, I know. Listen, you're not putting me on the spot because I can tell you with certainty that I've had this exact same conversation about probably 10 times in the last two weeks. Awesome. Um, everybody wants to know, right? And you're right. I mean, like my crystal ball is in the shop right now. I hopefully we'll get it back uh, later this week uh, or next week. But, um, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, and this is basically what I've been sharing, again, we, we can't predict the future, but we can look at what, what are some of the things that are driving the real estate market. And, it, and, it, and it's been the same thing for years. Uh, you know, and, uh, whenever you get, there will be certain things that will make things react, but ultimately long-term it will go, it'll go the same way. The real estate market is not too unlike, it doesn't behave too dissimilar to the stock market, just on a lot, much slower, slower pace, right? If you're going up all the time, you're going to have some down days and some down months and some down years along the way. But at the end of the day, what is driving the prices up? It's still the same factors. We still have you know, again, our, you know, depending on the stats you read, you know, 9.4, 9.5 million millennials. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the youngest of them are in their early 20s. The oldest of them are their late 30s. Um, if that isn't home buying age, I don't know what is, right? First time buyers to second time buyers, right? Like early young families. That is like key. I need to live in, I need a home of my own. Dwelling. Yes. Right. 
So 9.4 million people out there in Canada all saying, I need a home. We still have 9 million baby boomers that have not en masse sold their houses, downsized into some place way up north or gone into a home. So they still own all the inventory. Not all of it, but a lot of it, right? So you have, you just, right, yeah, right. Uh, So right there, you have one very significant factor, a tug of war of, of, of demand, right? Um, then you add in immigrants, right? And we already know that Canada is, uh, needs immigration to continue to grow. Uh, and pretty, in previous years, you know, the government's kind of benchmark was, you know, 250 to 300,000 or so. Again, we kind of fluctuated, but call it 300,000. That doesn't include students when they come here on a student visa. That doesn't count, that doesn't count work visas, right? Travelers, whatever. So, you know, then they were, you know, the argument is that maybe that 300,000 is probably closer to 500,000. So you get 500,000 people every year saying, I need a house as well. I need a place to live. And they could be rentals, but then then you're adding in investors into the mix. Okay. Now with, uh, with the, with, with, you know, um, with COVID uh, and them closing the borders for a while, Trudeau said, we're going to up the the immigration to 500,000 instead of 300,000 to make up for it. That will ultimately probably become closer to 700,000. After when you, again, when you take into consideration student visas, work visas, temporary people coming here and there, et cetera. Right. So, you know, now you've, now you've added in, you know, almost another million people looking for, looking for houses. Uh, we have, um, you know, I, we've got red tape everywhere, right? As, as, as much development as we see, the development is still isn't nearly enough to, uh, uh, you know, to, 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 to satiate the, the, the demand. And I had this conversation with with a, with a hopefully soon to be client of mine one day. Uh, we've talked about real estate many times, and he made an argument, and I totally agree. Is like if one day someone came along and just opened up, um, you know, a thousand acres and just said build it, a thousand acres, right? That still wouldn't be ready to live in for you know another two to three years. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, there's 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 a time lag of. Hey, there's all this demand. Okay, let's react to that demand. You're still two, three years away from from that demand easing, right? Then we get into urban urban intensification, where the uh, the the provincial government wants building in certain spots, right? And they want people crammed in, and they want certain type of buildings. So now we're not just talking about putting up, you know, one single family house or a row of townhouses that which arguably could be done in maybe as little as six months or something like that. Um, You know, they're talking about, let's build a a condo tower. Well, the condo tower could take three years to build, right? And that's not including, and I apologize for not not, uh, uh, clarifying, when you're talking about like opening, here's some a thousand acres of raw land, that needs to be developed, needs to be serviced, it needs to be uh, like severed and, and surveyed and all that kind of stuff. And great, like that, there's a whole process that happens well before a shovel goes in the ground. Right. Uh, and then let's talk about, you know, the other just most obvious thing is interest rates, right? Interest rates are stupid low right now. In fact, in some cases, in my case, and I hope in your case, and I hope in many other cases, 
the money that you are borrowing for your mortgage right now is actually free. And I don't mean free like, wow, it's so cheap. I mean, it's actually free. It's actually the bank is paying you to have your mortgage. And what I mean by that is that I have a mortgage on my principal residence right now. It's a variable rate mortgage. I pay 1.5% on my mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, inflation right now is about two and a half percent, maybe 3% in some areas. So if, if my dollar is actually going to be worth 3% less and I'm borrowing for only one per, one and a half percent, I'm actually making money on the money that I'm borrowing. Well, you know so what I mean? It's kind of a bit of a, of a, of a, a mind shift there, but you know, you know, and, and so I was listening to a, uh, or what was I listening to or reading or something like that? Um, something about a, a pension fund manager that was talking about where the economy is going, et cetera. And the, this pension fund manager felt that the Bank of Canada would let inflation run hotter than normal um, in order to be able to ensure that the uh, Canadian economy gets back up on both feet steadily, right? Before they start saying, oh, inflation is running, let's, let's react and uh, start playing with interest rates and start raising interest rates. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, okay, we're not going to borrow anymore. We're not going to spend anymore because it's too expensive. Now the, the, now the economy, you know, uh, trips, right? Stumbles, falls maybe. And we don't get out of the, you know, the recession that we've kind of arguably been into for, for a while, right? We don't get into this, this, this uh, stagnated growth. So, you know, the Bank of Canada definitely wants to make sure that the economy is going to get back up and running full steam uh, out of, you know, and be able to get out of, you know, borrowing money and, and uh, be able to get into, you know, getting the economy running. Uh, and they have to be able to make sure they can do that uh, without, you know, with they raise interest rates too, too quickly or too high. Uh, that could very much jeopardize that growth, right? So anyways, the argument that, that this um, um, pension fund manager was making was we might, we might see uh, inflation run three, three, four, five, five percent, which would be far higher than, uh, than normal uh, before interest rates uh, kicked in to kind of like stifle that, uh, that inflation. Um, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things, what's worse, right? Short-term inflation or long-term um, uh, stagnation, uh, stagnation of growth, right? Anyway, that's, uh, that's my crystal ball. Uh, that's the last time I was reading it anyways. Very eloquently said. I think that the reality is, is there's a huge migration coming to our country. And if you look at how quickly the, G the GTA corridor is filling in from Niagara to Toronto, right. and you talk about infrastructures and you talk about city councils and, and red tape and these things are all going to take time call to action right now there's a great opportunity now over the next few months for these uh, millennials for first-time buyers for people moving up in the market to make something happen i anticipate that we're going to have a crazy start to 2022 i think if uh, the pandemic seems to continue to subside and you know hopefully we allow more uh, people into our country you talk about a very conservative number of three to 500,000 entering our country. And we could both argue with international uh, students that, you know, I've had international students that have purchased properties, right? So they've been in here long enough, they purchased properties. So, um, you know, blind bids, consumer confidence. Uh, consumer confidence right now is not super high because everybody's waiting to see what's going on. Like, what is the government going to make any additional announcements that could allow 
for maybe the markets to go down. But in that time, will the markets go up another five, six, seven percent before they go down two percent? Right. Probably. And, and, and you know, just like 2017, right? Uh, if the markets do go down, yes. Um, that doesn't mean like that's now the new trajectory. It just means that they they corrected for a little bit, right? The, it, the demand got a little bit overheated, um, and everyone just kind of took a pause and waited, and then it was you know it was what was it even a year i don't even think it was a full year i think it was eight months before it was back up and running again right and then we just kind of kept on going and here we are right so i think we could both on the same page to say that our advice is don't wait get in the market interest rates are crazy low right now but like you said perfectly like they're basically giving away money and uh you know there's a great opportunity where you're not going to see as much competition between now and January. But I think that we're gonna see continual competition for supply and demand. It's, when you say there's not gonna be that much competition, you're talking about from a buyer's perspective? From a buyer's perspective, I think there's gonna still be competition. Right. It's just not gonna be as much. You know, we're gonna, there's gonna be opportunity now between now and hopefully the middle of January. Where so you're talking like six offers that you're competing against instead of 12. Yeah, yeah, you're looking exactly perfectly said like you if you're looking to buy a home right now uh you know whether it's toronto burlington hamilton you're going to be looking at maybe half the activity right you're not going to be going up against 16 to 18 offers maybe at seven or eight and and here's another piece of advice for people out there don't care about how many offers you're going up against just put your best foot forward allow us as realtors to advise you and to win and at the end of the day if you go through it a couple of times, you're going to be well positioned to win. Do not get caught up on how many offers you're up against. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I pause because, and I hesitate because I had two thoughts just cram into my head at once there, but like the other, you know, the other thing is, is um, don't be, like you said, don't be afraid of, of, of being in competition. Um, you know, you can go in and you can say, okay, what will this realistically sell for? Right. Mm -hmm. And look for comps and yeah, you might have to pay more for more for it than the last house that just sold down the street. That was identical three months ago. Well, I was going to even say last week or a couple <laughs> of days ago. Um, but yeah, for sure. Uh, three months ago, you know, but you know, the other thing too is plan for like, what, what is the house? Uh, what's the purpose of the house for you? Okay. Is it, um, I mean, heck, is it an investment and it's going to be a 15 year hold? Does it really matter in that case that you spent an additional 10,000 than you were planning on? Uh, similarly, is it going to be a family home and you're going to raise your kids in it? And uh, it's everything that you, that you ever wanted in, in the home, or at least for the, you know, the, the phase of life that you're in right now. Um and, uh, and you're going to, you're going to be in it for a minimum of five years, but likely seven to eight years. Same idea. Does it really matter? Right. At the end of the day, when you, when you sell it for, and it's hard to wrap your head around this, but like in, in, um, in seven years, when you sell it for $900,000 more than you bought it for, are you going to be like, oh man, you know, I only made, uh, I only made $870,000. I didn't make 900,000 right? 
No, you're not going to. And then even still, let's just say the market goes completely flat and it doesn't go anywhere and it just stays there. You just lived in a house for free, essentially, uh, for seven years, and and you sold you you know you bought it for nine hundred, you sold it for nine hundred. Okay, you, you know, yeah, yes, you had to pay your mortgage down. You'll get that money back essentially, or half of it because you paid your mortgage down. Better than paying rent, right? And you're not getting any of that back, right? Um, I just I look at it. You know, what's what's the point of the house now? If you are, you know, it's a temporary thing and you're only going to be living in it for two years, okay, maybe in that point, maybe in that situation, you might be a little bit more sensitive to how much you're going to pay for the house. But, you know, if, it, if it's a home and it's a long-term home, what is it worth to you, right? And that's what, when you were saying, put your best foot forward, go in with your best foot forward, right? What is it worth to you? Because at the end of the day, if you get the house or when you get the house, I should say, with, the, with a very, 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 very rare exception, you were the highest bidder, right? You paid more for that house than anybody else was willing to pay. That's going to be the case 99.99999 infinitely percent of the time, right? Two times this year have we uh, A, sold a house to a lower bidder because our clients liked the 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 like the client kind of more their story. They wanted a young family in there. The other people were investors, you know, and they really cared about the neighborhood. Right. Um, and then we were on the same thing. We're on the same side, right. Where, where we were the buyers and we had put together a nice, a nice presentation package for the, for the sellers. We presented ourselves. Uh, Lisa made, uh, you know, made some, a, a really good rapport with the, uh, with the listing agent. The other agent was, very cold and bossy. This is the way it's going to be done. And, um, you know, we just presented ourselves a, a lot better and uh, we, and yeah, the other offer was higher and they chose us. Right. So there are some exceptions to that rule. However, most of the time you're going to be the highest offer. Right. So just, just eat it, own that you're going to pay more than anybody else is going to pay. Now, what is it worth to you and never look back thinking, I wonder what the other offers were. Right. You're just going to kill yourself. Just you got the house. Nobody else got it. You're ex super ecstatic. Can't wait to live the dream. Move in. Start your new the new chapter of your life. Yeah, I love what you just said there. I think if we're waiting for blind bids so you know exactly how much you won over, you're going to be waiting a very, very long time. And right. prices could go up several hundred thousand dollars between now and then if you're stuck on that point. So just imagine you're now settled in your new home. Uh, you know, we, we have all the information here. So if you want to contact Andrew Roach or myself, Ross Bridges, uh, you know, another thing too, the biggest thing to do is contact us and let us get you pre-approved. Okay. There's options right now with different amortizations. So we can get you a lower monthly cost on the home. So you know exactly what you can afford. And instead of paying someone else's mortgage, you can start building equity for your future. And the reality is, is your home's probably going to double in value in six, seven, eight years. So let's set you up for your life. And I, I, if, you're, if you're worried about, you're still renting and you're hoeing and humming about, oh, I'm renting safe. Well, maybe you want to think about how you can set yourself up for that long-term success for that future. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, like, again, we can talk endlessly about this kind of stuff, right? So when you have questions, everyone's situation is different. 
right? So, um, you know, person A is going to reach out and they're going to have one situation. We might give you some, some advice and, and person B is going to reach out and they're going to have a different situation and we'll give you completely different advice because everyone's situation is different. So yeah, absolutely. You got questions, reach out, give us a call, uh, shoot us an email. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to, uh, to talk about, you know, what the market is doing at that time, what area that you want to move into, right? I, I had a call from, we got a listing coming up um, just in, in uh, Burlington, your neck of the woods. I think I stole it from one of your clients. I think you were going to get the listing, but I got it. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Long-term long clients. We've, we've sold a number of these, these people's houses uh, over the years. Um, but, uh, you know, we got, a, we got an exclusive line on, a sign on the front, right? So just sign goes up, boom, immediately phone calls, right? Two phone calls. Light, nice long conversation with uh, with one couple, and um, you know basically they are uh, uh, they're looking for you know some family friends of them of theirs, young family friends of theirs, and uh, you know the opener is you know hey this house looks like it needs a little bit of work, and uh, my my um, uh, my my uh, my family friends here they're first time buyers they got a really tight budget but they want something rural etc. Their budget's 600,000. This thing will sell for over a million, right? Uh, and I, so I had to get into it. You know, listen, it's not what the house is. It's what the value of the land is, right? It's an acre, uh, just, you know, moments from Waterdown, moments from Burlington, moments from, uh, from Dundas and, and uh, Ancaster, right? Um, that's where the value is. Right. And then it's got almost a 2,700 square foot house on it that, yeah, okay. It's not ideal for everyone. I'm not saying it is, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be valuable for, for a lot of people. Right. Um, so, you know, I ultimately had to have a conversation with them, about what is the market doing right now? If you, if this is your budget and this is what you want, we're going to have to go and look over here. Right. And those people, like you said, Ross, those people are going to sit around and wait for the market to turn into their favor you're probably going to be dead before it does. Or, right. or it goes up 7% and then it goes down 1% or 2%, right? right? And for, I've been joking recently, a lot of people like moving from condos, they want to get into a freehold, uh, uh, you know, townhouse or semi-detached or detached. I'm like, you're going to be paying a lot more for that dirt. You know, you can put a shovel in that ground. Uh, you can build on it, especially if it's a detached, if you own the the highest and best use to that use to that land. If it's a detached home, you're going to pay a premium for that, right? I, I don't care if uh, if you're coming from a beautiful penthouse condo in, in Toronto, which and, they have tons of, which the, there's tons of, and you want to build your dream home in uh, in in Stony Creek, right? You want to build your dream home on on the lake, right? Well, you're going to pay a pretty premium for that dirt, so so don't wait if if that's your dream then and just just imagine where you can be but don't don't wait there's the call to action is now we talked about getting pre-approved getting out with andrew and his team or me and my team and um you know let's make things happen yeah you know you just you saying that reminds me of um you know i guess i, I don't know if you were if you were kind of specifically talking about a client you were talking to or just kind of like hypothetically speaking but yeah, there's a lot of people that we've spoken to over the years that would love to build their dream home, but they can't afford it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the one thing that I would, I would 
suggest you do my, my one piece of advice that I would do, and it was, it's kind of piggybacking on what you just said there, Ross, but is go through the process. Don't just think, Oh, that would be nice. I'll never be able to afford it. The end move on, uh, go through the process. You would be surprised at how much you learn. Like you going through the process does not mean that you have to buy the house, uh, or, or, or the land or the lot or whatever it is. And, and um, and actually make it do- and then only find out later, oh, you can't do it. And now you've lost the money. That's not what it means, but educate yourself, right? Um, reach out to us and, and say, hey, listen, this is what I would like to do. Do you have a mortgage contact that I can talk to? Um, hey, you know, um, what's on, is it raw land? Okay, what are the programs in place that I can buy a raw land right now and just sit on it? There's, maybe there's a forest on it. Maybe you get a tax credit. Uh, and your taxes are like almost nothing because it's raw land and it's got a big forest on it. And so you get a tax credit because, because it's, uh, there's a foresting program. Um, maybe there's a small house on it, uh, in which case you could potentially just rent it, leave it as it is and, and rent it out. And now, you know, the, 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 yes, you have some capital in it, but you have, um, but you're getting some income off it. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to duplex it. Um, you know, so if you can duplex it, uh, and get that kind of like get get additional income off it. You know, the fact that you're looking to buy something right now doesn't necessarily mean that you have to tear down next week and start building next week. Most people that are that buy something that when you see these big houses go up, you know, that looks like an overnight success. It seems like they just bought it last week and all of a sudden there's a mansion on it this week. No, no, no. They bought that five years ago, right? And they held it. And, you know, that would be, that would be my, my, my recommendation is to say, go through the process and say, okay, what would it realistically look like if I were to purchase this property today uh, and hold it for, you know, three, four five years. And then at that time, you've got, you've got options, maybe life changes, and maybe you don't want to build there anymore, but the, now the property is worth more. Now it's an investment property. Now you can sell it. Now you duplex it. There's all kinds of things, right? So you know, when you're driving along, and this is where, you know, your, your mind's wandering, you're listening to the radio, or you're driving, or you're doing your commute, or you're in the shower, and you're thinking all your creative juices are going, and you're like, that'd be so good if. Reach out, right? Hey, I got a question. We're always happy to help and answer questions where we can, right? I'm looking at this property. Would it be completely outlandish for me to think that I might be able to do X, Y, Z, Right? Well, actually, you can do an X and Y, no problem. Z might be a little more challenging. Let me put you in touch with so-and-so and let's find out, right? And then you can just, and, and, and maybe it's not that one, but now you go, you have some information and you take it to the next time there's a property. So, okay, last time I looked into the other property, I found out this. This one's a different, a little bit different. Maybe I could do that instead, right? So anyways, I, I ramble think, on. No, I think this would be a good uh, additional um, show that we can do on steps, processes, and phases. Like just, just to give a little synopsis before we, we finish off the show here, but you know, maybe you're a first time buyer and you're thinking of buying a place with your brother or your sister, you know, well, uh, well let's that was get- my, that was my, that was my advice uh, on a previous show. I always say that first time buyers are trying to get in the market, buy a duplex or a triplex and, and live in the smallest unit. Totally. You're, you're new to the country. Maybe you need to, to team up with a, another person who's new to the country, a friend or family member to get your feet wet to start building equity, building credit. So that then maybe in a few years, you're separating and going your other way. There's great opportunities right now, whether you're in Kitchener or you're in Hamilton to buy dwellings. You want to move out of your 
your condo that you've been in in Mississauga or you're in, in Burlington and you're ready to, you, you want that house. Well, there's great opportunity. Maybe it's not Burlington, but maybe you're looking into to Hamilton or Grimsby or up into Kitchener, uh, Cambridge area, right? So it's, it's getting started. It's understanding, okay, even though it's listed for $599, it's selling for $727. Um, I need to understand that. What can I afford? And, and putting yourself out there and, and starting, right? And phase one might just be securing the home. You might not get that beautiful turnkey home. You might have to do that over time. 100%. Uh, moral of the story here, um, you know, don't stop dreaming, right? Ask questions, find out, right? We're always here to help. So uh, you got questions, give us a shout. You have to start somewhere. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for sharing some of your afternoon with me, Ross. Thank you, Andrew. We'll, uh, we'll do this again very soon. Get back on the wagon. Keep in mind, again, uh, early November, I'm out of the country, man. That's cool. That's cool. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your beautiful family. Thank and you, you too. And uh, in the days ahead.